Friends, this is Will Parker. Did you know that Principal Matters reaches thousands of leaders each month? To date, we have more than 1.4 million downloads. And we're also serving education leaders just like you with Grow Academies, Masterminds, Executive Coaching, and Keynote Presentations. I want to invite you to collaborate. As you think about your professional learning for the coming year, how have you reflected on where you and your team members want to grow? I'd like to offer you a complimentary 30-minute session of reflection via Zoom to think about areas of growth. If interested, email me at will at williamdparker.com and we can find a time to connect. Thank you for learning together. Enjoy today's show and thank you for doing what matters. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 377. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the School Leaders Podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, we're talking about conversations that matter with my special guest, Jennifer Abrams. Jennifer Abrams is an international educational and communications consultant for public and independent schools, universities, and nonprofits. She trains and coaches teachers and admins and others on new teacher employee support, having hard conversations, collaborative skills, and being your best adult self at work. In her over two decades at Palo Alto Unified School District, Jennifer was a high school English teacher, new teacher coach, a professional development facilitator, and she left Palo Alto in 2012 to start her full-time communications consultant work with schools and organizations across the world. Her publications include Having Hard Conversations, The Multi-Generational Workplace, Communicating, Collaborating, and Creating Community and Hard Conversations Unpacked, The Who's, The Wins, and The What Ifs, Swimming in the Deep End, Four Foundational Skills for Leading Successful School Initiatives, and her latest book, Stretching Your Learning Edges, Growing Up at Work. Jennifer Abrams, you're a legend. I'm just going to say it straight up in the education field, and especially when it comes to helping schools navigate hard conversations and improvements with their organizational structures and employee interactions. So welcome to Principal Matters. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy. Why don't you um, fill in the gaps on that intro and tell listeners something else they may be surprised to know about you. Mm, I think people might not know that I'm originally from Minnesota. Oh, don't you know? Um, <laughs> and that's always sort of surprising because people are like, I think you're from the West Coast or you're from the, no, you're from the East Coast because you're not really West Coast, but you, but you were pretty spiritual, like, like woo woo West Coast. But I'm like, I'm, originally I'm not from either coast. Huh. I was raised uh, in a suburb of Minis- Minneapolis. And so that's sort of my, I think that that still sits in my being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it, 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 yeah, it's maybe surprising, but I'll, I'll have a good cheese curd in Wisconsin and I'll have a, I like the Minnesota state fair. So yeah, all of that. Oh, that's great to know. Well, I grew up in Northwest Tennessee and my dad oh. was in the military. Oh. As a military kid, I lived in California, New York, Virginia, Tennessee, and now in Oklahoma. Um, so I've been around, but there's something about those formative years and that they really do shape mm-hmm. the core of you in so many ways. Um, I can't Very get away from my, my just absolute love for being in nature. It's, I think that's one of the things mm. that away from that experience. What's a core experience memory that you hold on to from that time in your life, Jennifer? Mm. I was, um, 
I'm, I, I was raised Jewish. I am Jewish. And mm. I, at 13, had a bat mitzvah. Mm. And at the time that I had the bat mitzvah, one of your family members, maybe both speak to you. Uh, and there's sort of like a little, like, I don't know, sort of welcome to being more of an adult. And my father uh, was the one uh, sort of delegated to do that. My mother was very prominent in my life, but my father did all of the talking in that way. And he really instilled in me from that time on to um, be working on, you know, making the world a better place and a just place. Mm. And um, he passed away about six, seven years ago, but it's, right. it's never, I remember that. I mean, you know, you don't have that many memories from different parts of your childhood, or maybe people do that. I remember standing, I can tell you what I was wearing. I can tell you what he was wearing. Mm. I can tell you that it, it stuck with me. And as, as, as I've moved through the work I do, that idea of making the world a just place has, has stuck with me. Wow. I know we didn't plan to go this direction, but thank you. No. For that. And, you know, <laughs> fathers, my, my dad passed away this past March and, mm -hmm. um, and we had a close loving relationship and he led a, a, a full, wonderful life, but there's something that I don't think I anticipated what the departure of a parent would be like. There's almost mm -hmm. like, there's almost like a core view that shifts mm -hmm. or that feels like unstable. And so having those memories, Jennifer, I think are so beautiful. And, mm -hmm. um, and I don't think we can escape how those things influence the trajectory of, of our own values and commitments. And I, and I hear that in your work. I, I had the privilege of Thank hearing you. you being interviewed by my friend, Danny Bauer and his podcast, better leaders, better schools about your book, stretching the edges. And every time I hear mm -hmm. you speak, you came to Oklahoma last year and did a women's conference for, yes. the, for the Oklahoma associations with COSA and, and so thank you for the work that you're doing. But every time I hear you speak or present um, or read your books, there's always a thread of of those values that come come out in mm -hmm. terms of helping mm -hmm. people. I don't want to use this term too much, but it's, a, it's just the one in my head, helping people be better versions of themselves, mm -hmm. but also helping people recognize how to manage their relationships. Because we all say relationships are the most important things in schools, but then we avoid the conversations <laughs> that we need to have to keep those relationships, the most important things in schools. So when you're facing, um, when you're working with schools and you've done decades of work with classrooms, teachers, schools, leaders, yes. um, when facing a difficult conversation, why is it so important to, to first understand the motivation for why a conversation should or should not happen? Mm. Why is it important? Yeah, I really ask myself, I ask people in the books that I that I'm writing. It's just I write books because they're my workbooks. It's this it's the journey that I need to be on. I ask, I just ask myself, like, to to what end am I having this conversation? What do I hope that I get out of it? Is this important for students that I have this conversation? Um, is this something that's um academically um, unsound, physically unsafe or emotionally damaging for the people in the school. Um, I really want to ground people in the rationale for why we're doing things. And it's um, because people get really nervous. They are so afraid, you know, like, should I do this? And I don't know if it's my place. And I say, we, we got to get into necessary trouble. And, um, and that's, that's John Lewis. 
John Lewis says, you know, get into good trouble, necessary trouble. And for me, I really want people to recognize it's going to be troubling. And the question is, has has it become necessary? Well, so I love that quote. We need to get into necessary trouble. Yes. So so understanding the because here's the thing I've discovered is that there are some very important conversations that need to happen on a daily basis in schools Absolutely. for people to work together effectively with students or teachers or parents or one another. Um, and then there's sometimes you shouldn't have a conversation, but I, mm-hmm. I, love it that, I love it that you grounded it in the question of how is this relationship or the conversation I need to have going to impact students? How, you know, mm-hmm. so, so I think there's a core there question that sometimes we forget to ask when we're stepping mm-hmm. into a conversation, which is not just the behavior I need to address, but the impact of if I have this conversation or don't have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's a question of, if I choose not to have the conversation, is it because of the timing that I'm making a decision to not have it at this time? Is it because I don't have enough evidence or is it because it's just a pet peeve of mine? Mm-hmm. Is it because um, I haven't had a clarifying conversation? Um, there are many things that could stop you from having it because you need to back up the truck. And there are also, you know, the timing and am I not in the right space? Am I going to yell? But the question is, is this still, a, is it still something that I better do at another time? because I need to reiterate, this is not okay for the culture of the school, or it's not okay for the kids. And that's what I think you got to get to. And there's a lot of fears. I don't know. And I'm not sure. And is it mine to have? And I usually think it's probably yours to have. Well, one <laughs> of the things, yours. One, of the, one of the many things I appreciated about your book, having hard conversations was how you broke it down into get clear, craft and communicate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so in the, in the, and the lessons you teach on Get Clear, why is it so important to get to a place of feeling ready and comfortable before you share what needs to be said? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's the one thing that we don't. Um, we want to jump to what if they yell at me? We want to jump to this is wrong, get it over. And, and if we're going to stay humane and growth producing, and that's really the essence of my piece, we have to get clear. What am I wanting to talk about? Why might they, you know, what do I need them to do next? What could I request of them? And all of that stuff, people say to me, I I don't have time to think like that. I don't have time to think, well, very busy people. I just want them to to change (laughs) or I want them to stop. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. Back up the truck. Do an outcome map. Ask yourself the questions and then you will be in a very different place to be able to have the conversation because you will have worked on what your side of the conversation is. Don't worry yet. Well, what if they yell at me? Well, what if they say this? What What have you done to set yourself up for success so that when you finish, whether they yell or not, whether they ask for a union rep or not, whether they don't say anything there or whether they do... You say, I did what was right. That's just mm. totally important. And I don't, I've had principals say to me, I'm a very busy person. I don't have time for this. I don't have time to think like what you're asking. And I usually say to them, I totally understand busy, busy. Tell me how long you've had the problem. 
And sometimes people will say eight months, 10 years, you know, whatever, two years. And I'll say, give it 15 minutes. <laughs> and they go, oh, that's actually fair. And I go, yeah, it is. And you'll be in a much better place. I yeah. love that. Um, you're reminding me, and I can't reference the person off the top of my head. So I'll have to go back and look for the podcast, but I was, I loved to listen to Hidden Brain and Shankar mm-hmm. Vedanta, who's the Shankar host Vedanta. was, he was, mm-hmm. he was interviewing a psychologist who was talking about addictive behavior. And she was talking to a young woman who had an addictive behavior that she really didn't want to in the short term address. She thought she had it under control. So she asked her, well, imagine 10 years from now, do you still want to be in the same patterns that you're in right now? And she's yes. like, no, 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 not 10 years from now. She goes, well, imagine five years from now. No, no, no. She goes, well, imagine a year from now. She goes, okay, I see where you're going, which is if I don't a year from now want to be in the same pattern of behavior, I might need to address it today. And so I I love that, Jennifer, because what you're asking leaders to do and educators to do is to ask yourself the question, how long do you want to stay in this pattern? Yes. And and so that 15 minutes that you don't want to have the conversation that because you're not, because you're so busy may end up saving you the next five years of your life of that pain that you're trying to um, correct, trying to avoid. Correct. So, so let's talk next about um, how you unpack the importance of focusing conversations, especially in the context of leaders and teachers. Let's just use that as a, as a context, Um, focusing on the importance of craft, because you talk Mm -hmm. about making sure that we understand the importance of specific behaviors, thoughts, um, and suggestions for fixing problems. Mm-hmm. I think that the, that's for me, the, the piece that I studied because I didn't craft well, I just brought the emotion to it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it, the crafting allows me to stay professional. It allows me to be thoughtful about different words that might be what I frame as a verbal paper cuts. I don't think most principals are going to yell and scream, but they could use words that, that irritate and are verbal paper cuts with people. So I have in, in the books, a a lot of how would you go through even just a six step scaffold to start the conversation? Um, Because if you don't start with a respectful beginning and you just start with, here's the issue, Mm -hmm. then you've already put somebody offensive. If you don't shape the issue as something that's already on their plate and is already aligned to standards and is already about what their thing is, then you've already upset them. So every single step you are really crafting and being very as skillful as you can be about choosing factual things and looking at your adjectives and your adverbs. And I know people go, oh my gosh, this is too overwhelming. But I swear to you in the work that that I do with people, it becomes like, rungs on a ladder people like look to it and go okay so now i'm just gonna have this sentence and then this sentence and then i want people to do that because the listener is not going to have a script in front of me you're not going to hand them the script and so you have to you have to thread the needle for them you have to pace in a way that people can hear the next sentence and the next sentence and so that's really i guess where my english teacher this comes in where I'm saying, here's the next thing and here's thus. And so now that you have this data, this is why it's not okay. And so he, that person's going to want to know. So, okay, so it's not okay. So now what's next? And then the next sentence is, what do you want instead? You know, I mean, it just, it follows a pattern. And I think crafting is super important 
and and then actually getting somebody to uh, hear what you've said is also super important. Like, do you need a, a thought partner? Where am I missing something? Where did I overdo it? Uh, where did I verbally paper cut? Which words are fuzzy? So for me, crafting is the essence of the workshops that I do on Zoom or in person or when I'm coaching, you know? So it's, it's, it's the important piece and people feel so much better once they've actually put it out. They're like, this is reasonable. This isn't me having a tirade. This isn't me just throwing out big, big words with no, boy, this is, when I, when I actually go through this, this is actually a request that is, is reasonable and thoughtful and humane. Thank you for making me put it out, out on, you know, on the paper. Another very practical thing you suggest is, and I like how you tied this to teacher instructional practice, because in mm-hmm. part, of, part of your book and having hard conversations, you actually take almost like the rubric of teaching, you know, things like mm-hmm. student yes. behavior or lesson planning or professional behaviors. And you, mm-hmm. you give examples of how leaders in their conversations with teachers need to focus on those kinds of outcomes. It's, it's mm-hmm. to avoid the emotional pitfalls that you've talked about or the mm-hmm. verbal, would you call them paper cuts? Paper cuts. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, to avoid those is to keep the conversation focused on the professional behavior. So mm-hmm. why is, why is that an important practice as well? It's, it's, well, it's aligned with what we think is good assessment and instruction is that it's always connected to something factual. So if I said, so if the two of us, for example, if the two of us had an agreement that you were going to call me yesterday and you didn't call, that's the fact. The fact is we had an agreement and you didn't phone and there was a result and an impact. But if I'm really angry at you or that this is just a part of something and I start making it really emotional and I go, you deliberately chose to blow me off and you ignored me and you avoided me. And I start using all of these other things, which are not the facts. Then all of a sudden the person's saying, I didn't do that. My phone died. I didn't, what do you mean ignore? What do you mean blow off? You know, you're so much more angry and it just, it's, it's really super important to stay factual, to stay connected to, to standards. And it actually then brings a hard conversation into the realm of this is what professionals have been asked to do. This is where there's been a gap. This isn't, you're a horrible person and a terrible individual and big blow up stuff. It's really keeping people aligned with what we should be doing in a school, in a classroom. And it's not about us accusing or uh, uh, describing you in a in a terrible way. It's about these are the things that we've agreed to, and so the connecting it to that feels much more to me professional and humane. You and I would um, agree that great classroom teachers manage these same kinds of practices with their students' yes. interactions, Absolutely. because you and I have both observed a lot of great teaching, and we know that um, teachers who avoid blow ups and no one ever has perfect classroom experiences, but we minimize the number of conflicts. We, we accelerate the opportunities for kids to learn when we have stable, predictable outcomes. And when student behavior is managed based on behavior, not emotion and those kinds of things, we know these things, but (laughs) why are we, why are we so bad at doing it with among ourselves as, 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 as educators? Well, um, first off, we have credentials in how to teach. Even if you're an administrator, 
and you've taken all the administrative credential classes, my guess is you didn't take a big course on how to talk effectively to other adults. Mm -hmm. So for me, that skill set is something that we need to shore up. We actually might need to just learn from the beginning. And it hasn't been put on our plate. So why are we not good at it? We just haven't had a lot of a lot of work around it. We have lots of other skills that we know how to do. That's one thing. The other thing is we assume, and you know, as we what we say about the word assume, that we shouldn't have to discuss adult adult behaviors with another adult because they signed a contract they're over the age of 18 and they're already supposed to be an adult. And I am growing every day on becoming an adult and I am 56. I have been working on becoming an adult and I continue to work on being my best self. That's the last book I wrote, The Stretching Your Learning Edges, Growing Up at Work. Mm -hmm. I really don't mean diminishing you by saying grow up, grow up. I mean, how do we grow up? And really like develop as the professionals we need to be. And so I think that we have not been in conversations about what it would look like and sound like and the behind the scenes, behind the scenes skill set that we need. And we don't know how to suspend our certainty and be open to people's feedback. We don't know how to build our resiliency to manage our discomfort and knowing we might need to stretch. There's so much there that is just so new in schools. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsors and then we'll be right back. Over 1 million teachers use IXL in their classrooms every day for one reason. They love it. The gold standard teaching and learning solution, IXL provides thousands of instructional resources, actionable analytics, and assessments to increase teacher capacity and effectiveness. IXL takes the guesswork out of lesson planning with ready-made plans. Built-in engagement tools such as customizable competitions make learning fun for students. Dr. Trujillo, Superintendent at Tuscan Unified School District says this about IXL, quote, for the teacher, IXL opens up the door to be a lot more effective and provide more differentiated instruction to the different subgroups of students in their class, end quote. Empower your teachers with the tools and insights they need to enhance instruction, all in one single, easy-to-use platform. Get started today at IXL.com. Leaders in corporate have studied, um, we want to get to the C-suite, we want to develop ourselves to be better leaders, all that kind of stuff. In, in education, we don't do any of this. And that's really where I'm dipping my toe. And I have people who push back all the time. I don't think you can grow another adult. I don't think that, I think it's organic. I think you can't. Let's let's try by actually saying we all need to grow here and we need to name the skills. I just did this yesterday. Yesterday? My goodness. No, yesterday I was flying. The day before, and the day before that, I was working with people in HR in a school district. And I really wanted from the secretaries and the admin assistants, from 
the people that were the managers to the people that were doing, you know, sort of middle leader work, we had to talk about this. And people were like, I've never thought about this. I've never thought about how to be a professional. It, I certainly gossip and complain when other people aren't, but it never occurred to me to develop myself this way. And so it's, it's really um, a new place for us well, to think. That's you're so right. And I know that um, there is an aha moment when you move from classroom to building wide support. Yes. You, know, you did a lot of instructional coaching. And I had that same experience my first year as a school administrator. When you suddenly are, the light bulb goes off because we did assume that adults know better and behave better when we suddenly realize they're big versions of kids. Now that we're all in cognitively different places and developmentally different, et cetera. But this morning I was listening, I'm going to give another podcast plug to Guy Kawasaki, who mm -hmm. um, has a podcast called Remarkable People. And he was interviewing Carol Dweck, who you and I both know ah! at Stanford. And yes. I don't know her personally, but I, back when I first started blogging, side note, I um, sent interview questions through email to four or five just really great authors. And she was so kind to send me back a long response that I was able to share out way back in 20, probably 2013. But Carol Dweck is still teaching growth mindset. And she was Absolutely. explaining to Guy Kawasaki something you just said. And so I want to circle back to your phrase that you like to use called suspending certainty, because she was saying that one of the dangers that we have as adults because we we teach kids growth mindset, but then as adults, we forget yeah. that we have to continuously grow too. And so mm -hmm. part of that growth is being open to new ideas, being, being able to recognize there may be something here to learn that I haven't learned before. And I like how, when I hear you use those words, I just hear growth mindset all over it. So I, I mm -hmm. want to park there for just a minute, Jennifer. Why is that so important to you that in our relationships and in our own learning even in how to have hard conversations, suspending certainty can be an important part of that. Um, first off, I, I love Carol. I, I know her personally. I know her husband more because I was very interested in uh, supporting theater. And that's what David Goldman, her husband, does. Um, she is, she lives growth mindset just to, I mean, I just want to give her a plug for that. She's not, she's incredibly open and she is not, she doesn't collapse yeah. when feedback or data or a new perspective comes to her. It doesn't challenge her being. Education has people in it that are so tied in a good way that we are absolutely like inextricably linked to our work. And if you offer us a different perspective, it might feel to us like, was I not doing it right? Are you saying I've been wrong? Are you saying that things have been incorrect? And it causes us like physical pain mm. when we need to maybe see that we have a place to stretch because we just haven't looked at it that way. And I think about people who get a PhD. When people get a PhD, the goal of the dissertation panel is to kind of poke holes. It's kind of to ask people, have you thought about that? It's, it's asking people to think a little bit outside the box. Not everybody in education can do that in a, in a ego um, 
I don't know how to describe, our ego gets so blown out, you know? And so for people to suspend certainty, we're not saying you're not wonderful. We're not saying you're not coming from the right place. We're not saying that you didn't do what you did when you did for the right reasons. We're asking you to explore another another place and then stretch yourself and have a sense that you could grow even when you're like 10 months away from retirement. Mm. And I think we just haven't built up our stomach to be able to be open to things. I think it's because we see it as a, an accusation or a, um, I don't know, like we've been wrong and I don't think it's served us in the field. I think looking at new ideas and having a growth mindset would grow us to be qualitatively bigger people and better educators. So I think suspending certainty, which Adam Grant wrote a book called Think Again, and there are so many people that are really pushing us to do this. Um, it's not easy and it's necessary. I mean, that's a, that's a hard conversation to have with yourself. Get into necessary trouble, have somebody poke at your ideas. It's not easy, it's necessary. There's a weird part of my um, psychology, I guess, that sometimes, I don't know, it's just who I am, Jennifer, and probably because I love education so much. There's a part of me that both loves and hates confrontation of my of my own thoughts and ideas because no one likes to be um, have a light shined on your blind spots. No. But then there's also this moment for me of like, aha, that I recognize, oh, well, there's a real potential here that if I figured this out, mm -hmm. I might go a new direction that I've never gone before. I might, I might discover something I haven't discovered before too. And when, when I, when I hear those, that phrase suspending certainty, I'm, and sorry, I'm, I'm completely off script from some of the things you and I talked about ahead of time, but I like these kinds of conversations, but I'm thinking about a phrase that another friend of mine, Dr. Tim Elmore uses, and he does a lot of generational mm -hmm. research. And oh, he yeah. talks about, he talks about the importance of educators holding on to both the timeless and the timely at the same time. So being yes. able to recognize things that last, you know, regardless of generation time space, but also recognizing what things are current and trending and may mm -hmm. require you to, to flex. And I was thinking about that and because I can, I can feel a little pushback when you, when someone says suspend your certainty, because we're, I'm like, well, what certainties should I suspend? And so I just want right. to, if, if I could have a second, I want to speak to this because this is something that's popping in my head. When I think about timeless truths, there are things that we have held on to traditionally that are, would be important for us to let go of. You know, like if you think about it, science once thinking that bloodletting was going to reduce a fever, right? Or that, um, or that flat Earth uh, science was somehow the the cutting edge, or let's use a, a more contemporary example in our own society that uh, you know that um, that sl that chattel slavery was it was a, 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 a mm -hmm. econ an economic engine that was to be to be practiced. I mean, those are things that in the history of human experience we've recognized that does not work it's harmful and it's um and it's those are true quote unquote former truths that we no longer hold as true because mm -hmm. those are those were timeless things that need to be pushed to the side but when you think about things like honesty and caring for others and respecting the dignity of one another or 
the, the, the power of commitment, uh, those, those essential human qualities that are timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I hear that coming out in your work too. And so I just want to give you a moment to talk about why, because I've heard you use these words too, why the betterment of humanity is such an essential part, mm-hmm. why you think all of these conversations are so important. Mm-hmm. I have so many things to say. First off, Tim Elmore is being cited as a cool resource in my newsletter coming up in September. So his newest book um, I just read because I'm a Gen Savvy kind of person. And so I'm going to, I'm going to push with that. I, I think, and I also want people to really get that they might push back. I don't want to suspend certainty. There are certain things that I, I hold dear. The answer is absolutely. When I'm giving my talks about the book, Stretching Your Learning Edges, I talk about, I don't say negate certainty. I don't say absolutely have no certainty. I believe that you should stop at a stop sign, be certain. And I feel like you should also think, be certain that Hitler was a bad guy. Mm -hmm. There is certainty to continue to have in your life. And we need to have um, a better, more open-mindedness, which I consider to be better about so many pieces Mm -hmm. of, of what we're doing. And so that's why I want people to add suspending certainty. Um, And I talk about the betterment of humanity. That's actually a Michael Fullen um, quote that uh, I don't remember which book he, he's just, which book? I mean, he has a book a month, you know, he keeps writing like he's the most prolific person on the planet. But he talks about how everything that we do, every initiative that we put out, if you can, you know, you really should link it to the betterment of humanity because people will push back. People will actually say, I don't know about that. And if you have a value set that says, no, I think that we should focus on SEL with students. I think we should make sure that academic vocabulary is learned by English learners and by students for whom English is their, is their you know, first language. It's for the betterment of humanity. And that's just too, it's too important. And I always have to really, when I all of a sudden say that, I sit up, you know, taller. If I know I'm having a hard conversation and I'm getting into necessary trouble because what I'm talking about is what's right for children, all of a sudden I get past my worry because you just got a sure reason for it. And that's why, to me, that's just so important. So that's where I say to people, get clear then craft, then communicate. Because if you got clear and you align with your values, you're going to have an easier time going through the fear, the disruption, the possible defensiveness. You're not doing it to be mean. You're not doing it to wound. You're not doing it to verbally paper cut. You're doing it because it's for the betterment of humanity. Wow. Way to bring it full circle. So I want to land this plane, but um, of Please. course, I would want to continue to stay connected to your work, Jennifer. And but before we Please. wrap up, I do want to I, I want to give Principal Matters listeners something tangible to hold on to in terms of application. Because when you're mm-hmm. clear, when you're clear on what you want to say and your motivations and in understanding why this is good for kids, when you're mm-hmm. able to focus on the the crafts of the people with whom you're working with, so that you avoid those emotional pitfalls, mm-hmm. then communicating. Part of the application for communicating that you subscribe to is writing out a script, giving yourself mm-hmm. permission to script out some of those narratives before they happen. And I'm I'm going to just 
um, tell you as a former principal and as an active leader with supporting other leaders, um, when I've read your work, uh, one of the applications that has helped me is writing out ahead of time a script of things that I need to say to someone and literally getting on the other side of the desk for myself and 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 practicing it and like yes. getting in both the seats. What, what, what are they going to be looking at when they're looking at me? What am I going to be looking at when I'm looking at them? Making myself say in advance the things I've written down so I can hear yes. the words come out. And I catch myself saying things I should not say. Like, like, ooh, that just came out wrong. That was the word mm-hmm. may have been like that was coming from my heart should not come out of my mouth until I found a better word. And so, um, so I just want to commend you for, um, for, for the clarity that you give us, but also the, the, uh, the practical advice you get, what would you add to that idea of scripting and practicing before hard conversations? I would maybe say also get a thought partner mm-hmm. and really you can sit across and go back and forth. Um, but I also might get somebody just say, I've got five, do you have five minutes? Tell me which words are verbal paper cuts to you and get somebody to actually like be on zoom. I've had people do that. Um, another thing might be to make a decision. If you are really concerned that you're going to kind of falter to take a minute and do the wonder woman pose or the Superman pose, not in the middle of this discussion, but in the, um, before the discussion, stand like Wonder Woman or Superman, it will, for two solid minutes, and it will lower your stress, it will increase your oxygen, it will lower, it will increase your testosterone, and then you actually physiologically feel better going into it. That's one thing that I would, I would suggest. That's so So. practical. Well, Jennifer Abrams, how can Principal Matters listeners stay connected with your work? And if they're interested in in having you work with their staff or their folks, how can they connect with you? And then what parting words of advice would you like to leave with our education leaders? Oh, wow. Uh, They can find me at my website, which is jenniferabrams.com. They can find me at jennifer at jenniferabrams.com. They can find me at Jennifer Abrams on Twitter. They can find me at Jennifer Abrams on Facebook. They can find me a lot of different ways. And I uh, respond. I'm not a person who's like, uh, find my, my people will be in touch. Uh, I, I run a small consultancy of one. So I will um, be happy to get back to you. And so I respond to all my emails. Um, one thing that I would want you to be left with. Um, I, I think that idea of necessary trouble I don't ever want people to think it won't be troubling. That is, that is like, um, it's, it's false. It's going to be scary. It's going to be challenging. And the question is for me, is it still necessary? And if it is to find the ways to practice, to get, to do it anyways, because you want to do something for the kids. It's, it's our position, it's our role and it's important for the world. So build up the skill set. What a and way. it really is the world. Yeah. It really isn't just your classroom or your school. It's the world. Don't, you're not small potatoes, wherever you are, you're in an elementary school, you got to, you're making a difference for the world. So go, really go good into that conversation. One of the things I love to say to leaders um, when I'm talking to them, Jennifer, is things that sound so contradictory, but I'll say them back to back. I'll say, can I just remind you, you're not as important as you think you are. 
<laughs> the, somebody's going to someday run the school without you. You won't be here. They'll forget your name. Your face will be on a picture. No one will remember that. But, but also um, I'd like to remind you, you're, you're so much more important than you think you are mm-hmm. because, because every interaction you have, every opportunity you have to connect with someone else, every school you step into, every student's face that you get to, to encounter is an opportunity for you to, to love someone, to support someone, to encourage someone. So, um, so thank you for reminding us that it's hard, but it's worth it. Amen. It's hard, but it's worth it. <laughs> Jennifer Abrams, you are one of our education heroes. So thank you so much for the work that you do. And Principal Matters listeners, thank you for listening this week. And until next week, thanks for doing what matters. Find free resources like this one at williamdparker.com. Subscribe for our free weekly newsletter, which contains bonus material. And also check out the links for Grow Academies, Masterminds, Executive Coaching, and Keynote Presentations for my books, as well as for Principal Matters Associates. You can find out more under our Speakers tab at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together, and thank you for doing what matters.